0: Hello, and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, the podcast for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious. I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this week, Pav Hundle is joined behind the mic by Kieran Warwick, who is one of the co-founders of Alluvium. They're going to be unpacking and talking about what it takes to make a AAA game on the blockchain. Now, guys, it may come as a surprise to some of you, but I myself am not a gamer. But this episode really opened my eyes to some of the possibilities in this realm. And again, reiterating why blockchain is just the next evolution and going to complete disrupt this world. So let's dive in.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, with me today, we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Kieran Warwick from Alluvium. How you doing? Good, Pav. How are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. Got the, you know, a lot happening in the market. So I'm a happy little camper. <laughs> but look, we're not here to talk markets. Well, it's probably going to come up invariably, but we're here, We just really look to Sort of break down what is Alluvium and really just hear from yourself, one of the co founders of Alluvium, a thriving gaming ecosystem you guys are building right here in Australia. So, a lot to talk about there. But I guess just to kick things off, my first question would really just be in, if you could imagine yourself at a barbecue party and there's no one there that knows what crypto is, how, how do you explain to them what Alluvium is and what you do? So, Alluvium is essentially
2: the first AAA game being built on the blockchain. And so, what that means is you have verifiable assets in the game that instead of them being owned by the developer, which is very traditional, the gamers can go and sell those
1: assets on different marketplaces whenever they want. Yeah, cool. So it's like, I guess you get like about to Steam, like you play a game, you get a card or you get a hat, you don't necessarily have to p- sell it at that marketplace, you can sell it. Anyway, is that is that kind of the takeaway there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty similar yeah. to that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I guess just from I guess more of the inception story of Alluvium, like what, what sort of drove you into this space? How did the Alluvium gang come to be? I guess you could say.
2: So there's actually three brothers that are working on Alluvium, but we have another brother who is our eldest brother, and he started synthetics which, uh, well, Haven back uh, oh, wow. in 2018, which is one of the OG DeFi protocols. Yeah, it is. I was speaking to uh, Michael Kong a couple of months ago, who was part of that. that crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, quite a few projects have spun out from core contributors from that original Haven team, which is, you know, oh, quite wow. pleasing to, to see. But yeah, he's a, he's a very hard brother on me. And... Uh, yeah. Live. I was I'm the youngest in the in the family and we're both, I guess, the entrepreneurs. And I was working on a startup, a food tech startup, and I was struggling for three, four years. COVID hit, just yeah, right. wasn't happening. And I was trading I was actually trading ETH before he was, back mm. like 2016 before the fork originally. And I got wrecked back then. <laughs> somehow I lost money on ETC and ETH. So I I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, And so I went into this food tech startup and it was about mid 2020. He said, come on, like, you've got to come back. You know, this is the future of money. And I said, you know what, I'll do it. And so I started trading and this is back in the DeFi summer, when you know food coins, you got your sushi and bloody every other food name that you can think of. People were—I uh, think I went into pickle finance, and it was just yeah, I remember pickle finance, insane. And uh, and I was a bit of a degen. so I got heavily, heavily back into it. Really addicted to to trading, and I've always mm. loved trading. But then I found a game inside. Of crypto, and I, I wasn't impressed by the game's quality or anything like that. You know, I've been a gamer pretty much all my life, and so it wasn't the game that really impressed me. It was the underlying technology that allowed people to have, as I said, that verifiable ownership of your assets, and it just fascinated me and, and made me think, okay, let's let's start digging deeper.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you you kind of unpacked it there a little bit. I think I'd like to sort of expand on that. So. You know, you, you did mention that Illuvium is the first AAA game that's coming to market. My take on like gaming in the ecosystem currently is something like Axie, where you could play it for five minutes and go, what is, what is this? I mean, do you find it at all? I wouldn't say. This could be framed wrongly, but do you find it disheartening at all to see a lot of success in something like Axie, which just blew up in the last bull run, being just quite simple, uh, quite nomadic, if you would, and then you see something that you guys are creating and crafting, and it's taking some, you know, putting a lot of time, a lot of effort into it, obviously a lot of capital too. Do you kind of find it disheartening to see something so simple be so highly in demand? Or is that kind of for you guys, just the litmus test to say, okay, well, people are seriously here to No, that, game, yeah. um, and we're just here with the next one. Yeah, part. that was the
2: motivation for me. I literally said, yeah. if this game, which literally I, you you wouldn't find a mainstream gamer playing this game no. to save themselves, right? Like they just they just wouldn't do it. If people mm. are playing this, there has to be something there what is it right and and it's this ability to play and own and then earn from playing a game right it's just ne- it's it's something that players have been trying to get around for years and years and years in in so many different games diablo world of warcraft yeah and developers have been trying to keep it enclosed in their own ecosystem obviously trying to protect their own profits but This idea of a decentralized game that's run by a community was what really drove me to say, you know what, if all of this can come, and I mean, Axie still wasn't, you know, I wouldn't even call them decentralized, but they were touching on it. And and Mm. so it gave me enough, it opened my mind to go, okay, what if we went all in? Because I, I was completely across all of the the different DeFi applications that were coming out. Kane's protocol was decentralized after like 12 months. And, you know, they've got a governance council and all this kind of stuff. We were really the first project to take DeFi and gaming and mold them together. And that's, you know, what we call GameFi now. And so, no, I, I love the fact that They had success with such a remedial game because I thought, you know, what if we could build something better than that? And then that's when I had the ability to tap into our two other brothers, which just happened to perfectly fit into what we were trying to build. And uh, Grant, who's probably a top 10 CGI artist and has been for the last 15, 20 years, he said, let's just go triple A. Like, let's not do better than Axie. I was like, we can easily do better than Axie. Like, that is that is like low, low, low bar. But he was like, let's go League of Legends, let's go World of Warcraft stuff. Yeah. Like, like let's go all, all in. And he actually said, if you don't, if we, if we if you don't agree with me, I can't be a part of it because. He knew that these games couldn't last, right? And he didn't, he didn't want to put his brand to something that might be a flash in the pan year, two year crypto projects were in this to build out a studio and a suite of games that are all AAA over the next 15 to 20 years, because
1: we truly believe that this is the next stage for, for gaming in totality. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I think the listeners at home, like they might think, oh, you know, it seems a bit flash in the pan or, you know, too idealistic to think you could actually earn a substantial income from gaming. But I mean, actually, was a great case in point of where we saw a majority of people in you know, not necessarily Australia, like, yes, you're getting adoption here. Uh, and there might be a better case of adoption in countries like this, but you know, places like the Philippines, there was massive uptake where you could earn your day's living just by playing a two-dimensional game and selling that back to a, a free market, right? Like that. Blew people's mind that in a period during COVID, too, you know, there's a lot of people displaced where tourism wasn't as active. So there's a lot of locals hurting in a lot of these countries. And I mean, it was there to save the day. Yeah, no, 100%. You had literally shop fronts
2: that were accepting yeah. SLP, the in game token in Axie. And again, like these were all markers to tell me that this is gonna happen. This is real. Right. And all we need is really good quality games and the same sort of technology underpinning it.
1: And we've got something here that will change gaming forever. I guess one interesting question I'd like to ask is like, do you find yourself getting sort of railroaded by obviously trying to bring people in on to the projects that you have, saying that, you know, this hasn't been done before. Like almost approaching this like it's it's too vertical of a challenge because it is going for a higher quality. Like you're you're basically uncovering potentially a lot of problems that a lot of the simpler projects may not have had to deal with. I guess you could say. Do, do you find like finding people that are driven enough and have the same vision and the same outlook as the founders do challenging at all? Or? So we were lucky.
2: We were. Very, I mean, look to build any sort of project in the first six months to a billion dollar valuation. You got to get lucky. There's timing there. There's people there. There's, Mm. there's so many things that you need investors. You need a bull market. So when you do pitch something (laughs) as grandiose as a triple A interoperable suite of blockchain games, people don't just go, well, this guy's insane. You know, (laughs) you need a whole bunch of things, but we were lucky in that I'm quite aggressive when it comes to. Hiring, I've been in startups for a long, long time. Once we were able to raise the money, it was game on, right? It was now we need to build a studio that can compete with other AAA mainstream studios, not Web3 studios. They I mean we we're talking there's yeah. there's six or seven developers. It's a joke to everyone in mainstream that the revenues that were coming in from these games we knew that that wasn't going to last, right? And that's why Axie has gone down to where it is and their player base has, has gone down a hundred times, all of that kind of stuff we, we knew. And so I wanted to be very, very aggressive with the caliber of team that we hired and having Grant's 20-year CGI career, that allowed us to get artists... From ILM and uh, Weta Studios, we had like all of our leads have worked on games like World of Warcraft, Bioshock, League of Legends, like two of our game designers are from League of Legends. And so we were literally ruthless when it came to hiring. And we said, if we're going to be able to do this and compete with studios Mm -hmm. that are literally 1,000, 2,000 plus manpower... We're going to need to have zero juniors. We don't have time to train anyone up. We just have to get the best of the best of the best. And that's what we've done. And on top of that, we've built a studio. You know, we've got 200 people that are working on this. And the other really lucky thing that, and I mean, it's not so much luck. It's something that I learned from startups was you have to incentivize your people. Right. You you yep, you absolutely. have to do that, and basically, Inception was just at the edge of the bull market, and then moving into the full run that that came through over that eighteen month period. Some of our devs were sitting on twenty million dollars worth of tokens. Now, if I'm a dev that's getting you know 150k, or I'm an artist that's getting you know 150k a year US, I'm loving life. I'm sitting there. Yes, I do need to go into a studio and whatever. And then someone comes along and says, look, if we do this properly and we do it right, you will literally be sitting on a million dollars plus, right? Like the 20 million was just insane. No one could have predicted that. But a million dollars is seven and a half years salary for these people. Plus you're working remotely. We say you're the experts. No one's going to sit there managing you. And so we created this environment, which is just feverish. Everyone loved working with us and, and still has. Like Our retention rate has been incredible because the vision that we had early on, it's so well ingrained in our team that it doesn't even matter if outsiders doubt us or investors doubt us or say, this is too complex. This roadmap is too big. We know what we're capable of and we have the money in the runway to do it. So it's not an issue for
1: us. Yeah. That's, I mean, in our office alone, going through that 2020, 2021 cycle, like where every day was just punching a new high <laughs> across the market. Like I didn't, I didn't want to think you guys would have been exactly the same mood as us, I think. And everyone's just giddy and giggling and starting it. the day on a good note every day. It was quite, it was an interesting period of time. I guess on that on that point too, with obviously the, the term we have seen in the markets. Like, I am sure, like you know, you did mention a bit earlier that you did dabble in the markets, bit of a trader. Everything that goes up has to retrace. Do you feel like the the bear market that we've seen has had much of an effect, or is it all kind of just being penciled in from the start? Or because because the token price did get to about two k USD yeah. at one stage at its peak.
2: Yeah, at its peaked nearly nearly two k. And and I was very vocal with our team. We always have a monthly all in where you know you've got literally. 150 plus people as we were growing where we would address them and and say look this is probably not realistic right (laughs) like let's be honest here we are building something that we think is going to be able to compete with the franchise of blizzard right like warcraft like we think we can do that but we are pre-launch we are pre-revenue i mean now we've made a, a little bit of revenue and whatever but at that time it was very much just beware that your ridiculous amount of paper money that you're sitting on may not actualize until we actualize, right? Until we actually make the game, until it's generating revenue. We do have 50 to 100 million players that are coming across from mainstream. That's when, if we were in a bear market, And our token price didn't outperform that bear market or or ETH price or or Bitcoin or whatever, that's when I would I I would say they would start to get worried. But we set the expectations very early on that this is not going to be literally a build in six months and get rich quick scheme. It's a serious thing that we're building. So the bear market, the bull market, it's really irrelevant for us. Our marker is not the token price,
1: it's how many users we have. Absolutely. Now, that all makes sense. And I mean, on that same point, how would you sort of describe that the overall brand in terms of community, like how have you guys sort of fared in the last couple of months? Has it been something that you guys monitoring quite closely? Yeah,
2: we're always, uh, especially us founders, we're always in there. It's been a community driven project from before TGE right? Like we, we literally created a pre ILV token. We distributed that to people who joined the discord and said, you guys are the early adopters. Here's your pre ILV. I think everyone got about 10 pre ILV each if you, if you came from different communities. And from that moment, we said to people, look, this is, this is what's going down. And we've had delays and stuff like that, where, it's been frustrating. And I can tell you as a, as a trader myself, when a project delays and especially to the point where, you know, you're looking at six to 12 months of delay, it is hard for you to hold on to this dream of, have I found this investment, which is actually going to produce what they're saying they are. So being in the community and trying to be as active and as positive as possible and say to people, look, it doesn't matter, right? Like it's almost the same sort of conversation we have with our core team is the same conversation and narrative that I try and have with our community where it's like, hold the line is something that I say all the time. You know what we're building. You can see we're unbelievably transparent. Nothing we build grant doesn't leak. And so people can see that, this is going to happen and if you believe in crypto which if you hear you're trading you probably do then you can see the outcome and regardless of when that comes you know it's going to be a positive outcome in the end so it's been tough like people bought at mm. 2K, right? That was just a, a, a It's going to happen, thing. but yeah, you, you can't stop it. You can't it. stop it, but all you can do is not be silent. You have to be proactive. You have to yep. be compassionate with that fact. You know, We've had things like hacks where we personally reimburse people just purely because it's like we don't want our community to hurt if there's something that we've done wrong. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we can't control the token price, But anything else outside of that, we really, really try and nurture our community. And it's one of the things that I'm quite proud
1: of. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's the difference. Just again, from a team that is community focused, like I know from our perspective too, like we have a similar stance. It's like, what's the right thing to do in any given circumstance? But that's really cool. One thing, uh, I'm not too sure if this is something that sort of sits high in your mind or not. I was checking out some of your other previous interviews. And you do talk about this single metaverse theory. Uh, which I find very interesting. Could you sort of speak to that just very briefly and just your thoughts on, you know, everyone talks about A or D or N metaverse. Like, you know, you sort of mentioned there's potentially this single metaverse theory.
2: Yeah. So there's so many different variations of what the metaverse is. Meta now, you know, previously Facebook has an idea and Mm -hmm. to be honest, they probably have the most pull when it comes to coining what the metaverse is. But The idea that there's 500 projects in crypto that are building a metaverse is false, right? The whole idea of the metaverse is interoperability between all of these different projects, whether it be AR, VR, whether it be art, whether it be digital real estate, gaming, all of these things are inside a single metaverse, the metaverse. Now, that's why we don't say we're a metaverse. We say we're building a universe of games, right? It's a world which you can go into. And right now, there's three games that you can play. There's the city builder where you can go in and start harvesting your different fuel types. That fuel is what powers the entire economy. So you then take that fuel and you go into the overworld, that's where you're in like a more Pokemon-esque type situation where you're running around, you're harvesting plants, you're crafting your weapons, you then go out and start capturing alluvials when you go into the different regions. After you capture those alluvials, you then go into another game, which is Arena, which is an auto-battler. So we've literally merged three different genres into one. And we're planning on six other games to go into this universe, which is why I've started saying I've realized that this is a new genre of gaming. It's literally an IBG, which is an interoperable blockchain game. And blockchain allows you that interoperability. And I think other games will start doing the same sort of thing where you're in one single world, but Maybe we build a a racing game, like a Mario Kart style game, where you have all of the same assets that you got from the overworld, uh, except you go to the racetrack and all of a sudden the characters in here have their little buggies and they're driving around and you don't need to go and buy that asset because you already collected it. And that has never been done before. Especially not at a AAA
1: level. So that's what I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I mean, speaking personally as a gamer too, like, I don't think I've ever even heard of that being articulated in that way before. Like, I guess until, you know, hearing and learning about what Alluvium is, like the idea of, you know, you buy a game, the only next thing you do is you buy an expansion pack, right? Like, this yeah. is just uh, layers upon layers. Like, this is just a, a new way of doing what, what I guess has somewhat been done in the past. I guess the next thing we want to just dive into is the roadmap that people to have to look forward to, I guess. You know, there's a lot happening in the space of crypto as much as we've seen a lot of downturn, a lot of people, you know, disengaging from the market. What do we have to look forward to from the Illuvium front?
2: So we've got a very, very busy next six months. So it's all about showcasing now what we've built. We have Alluvium Zero, which is that city builder game where an alpha is going to come out, which will be open to the public. Everyone will be able to play it. And that's coming very soon. Then we have our Private Beta 2, which is an upgraded version of the auto battler that we have out now in Arena. That's got 150 characters that's in it. I ended up playing it for the first time last night. And when you know auto battlers, I played tft which is teamfight tactics a lot yep there's in each set you've got maybe 35 40 characters so the complexity that we have in this second private beta it's pretty wild that's 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 coming and then the the big one the one that everyone's waiting for and the one that i played and literally lost my mind like I, i just it was insane is the overworld something that I thought would be a long, long, long way away. The amount of substance that has gone into that, we're talking seven open world regions, there's harvesting, there's crafting, there's storing, there's collecting. It's it's very, very immersive. It's close to. So in the next three to six months, you're going to see all of these games being showcased. And then eventually after that, we connect it all up, it goes on chain, we add in yield, people start earning. And the thing that we've done differently to pretty much everyone else is we have not sold a single alluvial before the game launches. So what that means is, think about Pokemon, right? If no one could get in, and the day it opens, it's like a Feverish rush to go and collect as many of these characters as possible because every time you collect one, they get harder and harder and harder to collect. And you can't be some whale that just says, Hey, I'm buying a million dollars worth. And then if you don't have enough money, yeah, you can grind. But it's like, well, they've already bought up all of the tier fives and tier four alluvials. So it's kind of like it's a lackluster experience for the actual true gamer. We have not allowed that so that's opening up and yeah i'm getting to the point now that i'm playing these games i'm like just open mm-hmm. it please love of god i'm <laughs> telling my dad like, like who cares like let it break <laughs> just open it up so <laughs> really up in us in battlefield 2042 yeah right? so. <laughs> yeah so really exciting stuff and
1: just can't wait to to see it in real life no, absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely keen hearing more about it now. But obviously it's always great to hear another Aussie's story. There's so many in the crypto space that a lot of people just don't know about them, which is the sad part. Going back to the start of the conversation about synthetics, I just everything just always goes back to there somehow. So it's really cool. For those people at home that do want to follow along and just know what's what's coming and when it's coming, how, how can people keep in touch with what's and got going on? Best thing is to
2: join our Discord. That's our hub and the leaks that I was talking about Grant posts them up there whether they're animations whether they're like beta shots in-game shots he doesn't care he just posts everything so that's the best place to follow along you can follow me on Twitter sometimes I put out some alpha on that but definitely follow Alluvium on Twitter and uh, yeah that's that's pretty much it beautiful
1: well Kieran just want to thank you so much for taking a bit of time out of your day to chat to us all things Alluvium but uh, yeah look forward to the next six thanks, months thanks Pat appreciate it